0: Zero Waste Trash Talk is now sponsored by TWIG, Tennessee Women in Green, a nonprofit that empowers, inspires, and connects women who are committed to environmental sustainability. I personally have learned and gained so much from being a member, and here at Trash Talk, we are honored to have their support. Visit TennesseeWomenInGreen.com or follow them on their socials to register for your first meeting.
1: All right, this is Zero Waste Trash Talk, and today we're having a chat with Chattanooga. All right, so today uh, we're talking with some new friends who uh, are from Chattanooga, uh, i.e. the chat in Chattanooga. And it's Sadie and Zach, and they run the Zero Waste Chattanooga site and have a blog about their daily journey to zero waste, correct?
2: Yeah. Um, So yeah, I'm Sadie. I'm Zach. Um, And so yeah, our story starts maybe three years ago or so. Um, we started out being, um, just kind of normal people where we thought that if you're a good citizen taking care of the earth, that means you recycle, you take short showers and you feel guilty whenever you drive your car. Um, and so that's kind of where we started and really didn't know anything about zero waste. And then I listened to a radio show once where this girl talked about how she could fit all of her trash for a whole year into a mason jar. And I just thought that was crazy. And it just like piqued my interest. Um, and but it wasn't enough to make a change. And then the very next weekend, I heard the same radio show a second time, a rerun in the same week. And I was like, okay, I've got to check like I've got to check this out. What is this zero waste movement? And so just started researching and learning more about it. Um and really the think the the thing that really launched us into our zero waste journey was looking through the internet one night and seeing stats about recycling. And I had some, we both had this idea that the little chasing circles on the recycling labels was true and that when you recycle something, it's being used over and over and over again. And then the stat that changed us is just the fact that plastic can only be recycled once, maybe twice, but then after that, it's going to the landfill. So you think of recycling as being this like kind of a circular economy type of thing and realizing that was not true. Like it's not true at all, at least not for plastic. Um, and then it's like one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. And I was like, "Wow, that, if I if I was wrong about that, what else am I wrong about? Like, what else is there to learn here?"
3: Yeah, and then also just think someone on that on that show mentioned like, "Oh, I have a you know bamboo toothbrush instead of it." We're like, "What bamboo toothbrush? That's a thing?" You just just kind of like, "Oh wow, there's a whole other way to do toothbrushes." <laughs> just assume that's everybody has a plastic yeah. toothbrush. And that's all there is.
2: Yeah, we had never thought about. Oh yeah, our toothbrushes are made out of plastic. Like, there's just right. you know, you just had never thought about it. So we just kind of started. We we're like, you know what? We're going to do this thing. We don't know if zero waste is something that you can only do. Like maybe you can only do if you live in California. I don't know, but uh, let's get started and let's just try. Like we're going to try rename for zero and see how close we can get. And it was kind of like a. It was about a year to really kind of feel grounded in it and kind of go through everything.
3: Can, um, I think someone, I think we read about someone doing like a trash analysis, trash audit of your home, trash, and we kind of started there with just looking at, okay, let's take all of our trash for a few days or a week, I think we started with a week, and just all put it, all the, not, not the yucky stuff, I think back then you were still doing diapers, but like, like uh, plastic, you know, plastic kind of things, like let's just All
2: do, of our plastic yeah. waste, recyclable and non-recyclable. And just
3: put it in a separate place, and at the end of the week, take it all out, put it all out on the floor, and analyze it, and, and try to- Try to find some patterns, and then one by one, try to think. Okay, well, can we reduce that? Can we reduce that? or can we eliminate that from our our waste stream? That was yeah. super, super helpful. We that's one. Those are some of the early posts on the on the blog.
2: Yeah, because we we're at the end of every week, taking pictures of our trash and learning so much from it. Finding local resources in Chattanooga where we could reduce our trash, and then we started thinking like, wow, we're really um, finding all these cool resources and documenting our journey. And really the blog kind of started out as a way to document that. And
3: then we started expanding into kind of local resource guides because I think that was, that was also something we were learning is just there weren't a lot of good resources for how do you do zero waste in Chattanooga. And we wanted to kind of help other folks who were going, trying to, or who could, couldn't find like, some of those resources very easily. We've seen that at a few different events we've done since then. Just folks are curious, well, how do you do that? Where do you get that here in Like, Where do you do that? Especially because- Where do you
2: you buy a shampoo bar? Yeah, because a lot of
3: folks don't just want to buy something off of Amazon or somewhere on the web because you you can't control a lot of the shipping and transportation as that has an impact. So people are like, where can I get it locally? How can I support someone locally and do zero waste?
1: And, and was there already a zero waste Facebook group or anything like that in Chattanooga or?
2: Well, yeah. So getting into it, I was like, I need some social support here. So I got on the online and was like trying to find places in Chattanooga. And there was a, um, a group, but it did not have an admin and there wasn't a whole lot of chatter on it. So that was also um, as we kind of got into blogging and not just taking our own personal changes, but kind of wanting to help our community kind of like help and get that. Um, that Facebook group going and really it goes a lot on our like, it's very self sustaining now like I go on there, you know, occasionally, and there's like 20 new posts that I was like, Oh, look at that other people are very interested yeah, it in it too in China
3: Chattanooga tracks grown a
1: lot in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's what we found, too. I mean, we did the same thing, uh, Jess, Maris, and I were like, we need to do something like, well, who, who where's our like minded people? And we started looking and found the zero waste Nashville group, which it wasn't super active. The admin had started, you know, and gotten kind of bogged down and uh, and uh, the conversations were, you know, slim and not heated and energetic. And so we just jumped in and started energizing that conversation. And uh, and then people respond to that. They're like, oh, we're having a real conversation here. I'm sure that's what you've found as well. And then it becomes, I used to post every day, if not twice a day. And now if I'm not posting, it doesn't matter because there are other people, Members of our group that are posting on there.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. It's
3: good cool. cool.
1: to see that. Yeah. And, and do you have, have a zero waste yeah. store in Chattanooga?
2: You know what? Uh, we have no not a particularly zero waste store we did we came to nashville in the spring before everything closed down with the pandemic um we'll have to share why we were in nashville in a minute but we visited your good phil and nice. it was kind of fun. i was like oh there's whisperings of different business owners that want to start one in chattanooga yeah. um but it hasn't started yet there is some really good resources though like there is a um like good fortune soap is uh, like a they make like lotion and shampoo bars and soaps and laundry soap and it's all refillable. Yeah. So there's a lot, there's a lot of options in Chattanooga, yeah, there's and there's just... a lot of good farmers markets too. And just...
3: some stores that have opened up like recently or in the years past that let you, you know, they they don't have any like plastic bags available that you can. They encourage bag reuse. Um, so there's some stores that are zero waste minded. I'd say they're not not quite like the good fill in the terms of like that's. That's kind of this key ethos of their store is zero waste, but a lot of zero waste minded stores.
2: So that's
1: that's encouraging, or some. <laughs> I, know, I would say it, a lot. You um, know, that's pretty awesome. And and one thing to share with them, you know, people wanting to start a store, I mean, look at Megan. You saw how nice her little store was, and then she got hit. Literally, the tornado hit her street, in Fatherland. She her store was spared, but she was without electricity for a long time, and and has had to you know struggle through that. And then right after the pandemic hit. And we have all all these small businesses and, and big businesses failing. She is currently this week moving into a bigger location. She's expanding in the middle of all of this. So that tells you there was a need for that here in Nashville. And I I bet there is in Chattanooga as well.
2: Oh, there definitely is. Yeah. 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 And I mean she has her mail order. And I know there's mm-hmm. quite a few people in Chattanooga that do their mail order refill from from her.
1: So nice. it's good products. So
2: mm-hmm,
1: yeah. yeah. Um and why were you in Nashville? Did you want to hit that real quick? Oh, or no? Sure. Well,
2: you know, I think our, our journey kind of helps show like you start with personal tra- changes, but you don't stop with personal changes. You know, you hear online like, ah, oh, personal changes don't matter, but they do matter because they change you, um, not just your trash footprint, but like they change the way you look at the world and what you spend your time and energy on. And so um, you may already be aware of this, but there was a plastic bag ban that came up in the Tennessee legislation. Um, and it ended up being dropped with the pandemic, which is, uh, you know, that that's that. Um, it'll be picked up, I'm sure, later. Um, but we um, went to the Capitol and, went and visited all of our representatives with Tennessee Interfaith and Light. They have a like, day on the, you know, Dan the Hill, um, and this with the Sierra Club. And so we snuck into our Tennessee Capitol, um, a plastic bag monster. So <laughs> it uh, I had to stuff in my backpack. It just barely fit to get through the security. And um, it's this <laughs> it monster bag that we wear is like an outfit. So you look like you're completely covered with plastic bags. And it's the number of plastic bags that are thrown away in Chattanooga every single minute. So a minute? Every minute, every minute. Yeah. just wow. in Chattanooga, the number that are thrown away. And like it completely covers us. Wow. Um, And so it's a pretty stunning visual. I think this is every minute, and it's only in Chattanooga um and so we went around to our representatives and we're like we're the plastic bag monster and you want we want you to ban me <laughs> you know <laughs> so it was great it was so fun were um, they like security No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody responded well one of the senator's little dog didn't like it <laughs> <other than that. laughs> um, no, you
1: you told me you also wear that at live events when you guys are hosting yeah, live so, event. <laughs> one of you does right
2: yeah we take turns in the summer it's um, terrible because it's hot but if it's a colder event, like in the fall they're like i it's my turn with the plastic bag. <laughs> um, and even our daughters will wear it. Our three-year-old looks super cute in
1: it. I was just to say pretty ingenious uh, way to, because the hardest thing to do is let people visualize this. I mean, you really need to see for your own eyes, unfortunately, to understand, you know, the mountains of plastic, the mountains of waste that aren't getting uh, recycled. I'm constantly looking for ways to communicate that. And that's a really nice way. I don't know if you heard the bidet episode we did yet. Happy. did, okay. yes. Okay, so that was one of the things I was trying to equate. You know, each American uses 184 trees just for toilet paper in their lifetime. Like, So I looked up the density of trees in a forest, and it turned out to be three football fields worth of trees.
2: Right. And so I thought
1: that's some way.
2: seen a football field. Yeah, right. I
1: think most people have seen that, and then you realize that's a big space. And it's like, oh, wow, because if you're standing in the middle of that, you would only see trees as far as you could, you know tell. So anyway, that's, that's an <laughs> important uh, way to communicate. And congratulations. I like that idea.
2: Yeah. So, um... And yeah, we've done, and we started out kind of, after we kind of
3: got into our, like our trash journey, our trash audit, and as we started kind of like learning more things, we, we really wanted to have a like, more of an educational kind of aspect to what we were doing. So not just the blog, but we started doing like live events where we'd go to, we'd do some, we'd host some workshops, um, so you'd go to some school events or just, you know, give some talks in a class. And then we'd go to different, yeah, city events and, put and on, like, festivals. Festivals were really
2: great to set up a booth.
3: Yeah, and, the, so... and the, yeah, the bag monster was was huge for that. Just getting people to come by, or we'd go kind of gorilla walk around through the events, and people were like, "Who are
1: you?" <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
2: And it was so fun. We try to get people to guess. You know, how to make it a game: how many bags is he wearing? And the answer is 123, by the way um uh, 123 yeah. bags a minute we just divided that. we, that's pre-pandemic here i'm sure it's more now
3: yeah we just we only just did that by dividing the national average by um the number of people in chattanooga because we couldn't find anything smaller than the um, the national number which was quantified
2: so it's probably an, us- it's probably an underestimate but-, <laughs> but it's still an amazing amount yeah
1: it is for each minute yeah and you think about chattanooga is not a really large city
2: no mm-hmm. uh,
1: and where does all that go you know that's the other thing yeah. nothing goes away all of that's there permanently mm-hmm.
2: yeah 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 people are usually pretty stunned with that yeah the other
3: so we we have made this like we, we like that format of a game we like doing a game with people and just asking questions people really respond well to that they you know people would bypass other booths and come to ours just because it's kind of fun they can see we're doing we usually have like a giveaway or something um based on how well they do um and Especially like we give away bamboo toothbrushes. That's one of the ones. That or people, bamboo
2: straws. Yeah,
3: people are like, "Wow, that's so cool. We can do that." But yeah, that's. I think that question is really kind of a catch. It really catches people. And we we talk about how many times can a plastic bag be recycled? That or plastic in general be recycled? That's that really kind of throws people. But then I think one of the ones that we really. Yeah,
2: you- Can I interject here? We would love for people to steal this idea. Okay, so please steal our ideas. Like, if you're a zero-waster and you're interested in trash, sign up to go to festivals. Like, a lot of places need more booths, like Earth Day festivals. Even there's, like, the parking day, which is a national thing. You can set up a little mini park. Like, um, if your church has an event or your social club or whatever, your school, um, please copy our ideas. Because it's really fun to set up a little educational booth, and it's really not a lot of work. Um, and it's a really great way to have conversations with people.
1: That's it's- that's yeah, that's a really good tip for everybody, because I think we, I think you and I talked about on the phone as far as sometimes people and their ideas and their groups, like keep it close and this is our area and our, you know, turf, but zero waste is not a private club. We, we, the goal is to change the world. So that's, yeah. that's one of the reasons I want to have groups and people like yourself on here to hear what other people in other cities are doing, because we can, should be sharing ideas and not reinventing the wheel each time
3: yeah yeah it's good so once, once you can have those events like in a public setting people will hear about you and then you know, maybe you get some Somebody will cover you. That's that's part of our first. Like we've gotten a few. Like I think
2: one, we've like the local TV channel came to our yeah. house and did a like you know local family lives a zero waste lifestyle and did, you know or there's um there's an article about us in the newspaper and then that, got us,
3: like that. To, but that got us invited to that got to go you know go to schools. I think I, we love it when we get to go to schools because it's just I don't know kids are just you know they they they, they start thinking about these big problems that a lot of us who are older are just like, oh my gosh, it's hopeless. We're, you know, <laughs> and I don't know, kids have this, they have this
4: hope still. They're like, oh, we could do something about that. I could, you know, do this crazy idea. And just, I feel like that's for us, it's always been like the education is such a
3: huge part of what we need to do for this. Like the next generation has, like, we can do our part now, but the next generation, if they don't know about it, like they're the ones who can really take the mantle to the next, you know, the next 20 years, 30 years of, of our world. And we need to, exposing them to these ideas um and kids are just they, they have amazing like yeah that's been so fun like talking to high schoolers locally that's been yeah middle been really schoolers rewarding. and high schoolers especially yeah. yeah really
1: i would have thought high schoolers would have been too cool for school for that.
2: yeah <laughs> you know there's a few of them, that are. Of them. <laughs> but generally very receptive and excited yeah
1: Until they think
2: about how tortilla, like their chips are wrapped in plastic, and they're like, oh, wait.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that it was never a tortilla to begin with. (laughs) There's that, too.
2: (laughs) Um, I'd love to share some of our questions that we have on our booth. So our our booth is set up. It's all just asking questions, and then people, we do it kind of like game show style, and people try to guess the answers. And if you get, you know, 80% of them right, you get a bamboo toothbrush or a bamboo straw. Um And they're all questions that we did not know the answers to before we started our journey. And so if you think about, if you want to ever set up something like this, if you're at home listening and you're like, man, I should do something. I could do this at my, like, you know, my small group or whatever presentation, think about things that you did not know beforehand. And that's a good way to start.
3: So then you have that personal element of like, how, you know, how did, how did you, how are how you affected when you heard this question? And what did that inspire you? I think that's, that's really helpful just to have that you know, for us, this is our story, not just like these are generic facts. These are like, these are things that really affected us and changed us. That
2: we had no idea before. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's uh, the personal side of it. Like I sent you, I think our, uh, our wasted trivia that we did. Yeah, right? yeah. And th- There's a lot of facts and figures in there. And I feel like it went a little long for people to absorb all those facts and figures. Mm-hmm. And we tried to relate as we went, but I do, I, I see the, the way that you guys are doing it, where you relate, uh, personally on how, how these stats affected you, I, I, I do think that's, that's more effective than just, you know, here's the number of trees, here's the number of plastic bags, whatever. It's like, why, why explaining why people need to know this. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah. And people are smart. Like they can kind of think three things if you give the right Mm-hmm.
3: And so what we usually try to do is for each of the questions we'll, after people kind of react, they'll put like a little bean in a, in a jar or something next so to it. So vote for which one I think they can We usually is. have like three jars and they can like vote and then we'll say, and the right answer is this one. And that, that way people feel like they're, it's active, That that's really helpful, especially if you're doing like a, you know, class setting, but outdoors too. It's just, it's helpful for people when they're like, they're taking action, like they're not just listening, they're like active in it. That's
2: harder to do in a festival setting, but in a classroom setting. Yeah, actually. but yeah. it is really effective
3: when you have that that act that's just it's small. It's not a big thing to set up, so that's nice. But we we then after they do that, then we try to think through like, um, or suggest them, well, like, what can we do about that? Like what's the what's a, what's an alternative to this? Yeah. Way of So yeah, we can give an
2: example. Well, yeah, I just, you don't want to tell somebody like, this is terrible. Your plastic toothbrush is destroying the world and then not have a solution to offer to you. So one of the questions that we get lots of answers to is, how long does it take for a plastic toothbrush to decompose? If you had asked me that five years ago, I would have never, I never even thought about that plastic wasn't decomposable. Like I would have been like, what do you mean decompose? Um, And we get all sorts of answers like I'm surprised the number of people that say six months to a year for how long does it take for your plastic toothbrush to decompose. And of course the answer is never to 1,000 years to we don't really know because plastic's only been around for like 100 years and none of it's fully biodegraded yet. There's a few plastics that's like gotten little cracks in it and maybe there's some bacteria that's starting to eat it. Um, But it's kind of this giant science experiment
1: Yeah. And that some of those are science can't even measure how long it's going to take. Styrofoam is one of those. It's like they (laughs) say, well, that never totally goes away. Mm
4: -hmm. Can, can,
1: Can you imagine, though? I mean, I think I've said this on a podcast before, but I always go back to this when you think about that toothbrush that you use for a month or whatever and throw away and never think about it again. Imagine if we were still dealing with like Vikings toothbrush toothbrush from the Vikings like those damn Vikings leaving all this trash around (laughs) can you imagine that's that's like it's just insane if you think about the the, how far in the future our actions for these single-use disposable (laughs) things even multiple use anything disposable uh, how it's how long it's going to stick around
2: the material used to make an object should reflect the length that that object is going to be used oh that's perfect using something that you're going to you know, brush your teeth with and then yeah maybe you'll scrub your grout with it afterwards so maybe it'll last you know six or seven months um but you're making it out of material that's going to last a thousand years that does not that those do not match up you know we talked to,
3: you know, talk to people some people were like kind of defensive about you know plastics i was like there's there are good uses for plastic <laughs> it is an amazing material like if you're having a yeah. hip
2: replacement like you might want a little bit of plastic right. in that decoding yeah. You know. yeah but it's like okay some things that would make sense for plastic are buildings that are going to be made to last for a long time versus
3: using wood which rots really quickly like let's make plastic for things that are permanent or or somewhat permanent versus these yeah so it's like not just getting people to think like oh it's not all plastic it's evil it's it's when we're using it for disposable single-use things that it makes zero sense <laughs> or yeah limited use yeah, limited things. things.
1: yeah one of the things i always think about is uh zip ties and things like that they're such low value and people just use yeah. them and throw them away it's like can't those be made of something else or at the very least made from recyclable recycled plastic materials yeah you know it's mm-hmm. like this is a quick use most of the time yeah 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 hmm.
3: i was encouraged to see the other day that some of the beer uh, beer cans in the store i always hate like you know, if you pick up the things some things with beer and it's like the those plastic um things on the top. And I saw one of those like basically ninety nine percent um post consumer recycled plastic. It's like that's impressive. that was, that was surprising. That's
1: that's great. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's save it would still
3: be better, you know, it's, it's still not great, but at least it's... <laughs> no, no,
1: that's, I was going to say it's great environmentally, uh, but it's still going to choke animals in the wild when it gets dumped exactly. into wherever it gets dumped, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, but, it's tough when it's, yeah, people get these ideas of, oh, but it says,
3: it's got this this logo on it, mm-hmm. yeah, greenwashing, it's greenwashing, oh,
1: it's so tough. Yeah, but, I, I actually saw a, a beer, uh, the tops to a beer thing recently, to a six-pack that was made from uh, uh, from the spent grain. They made it out of that it looked it looked a little more like cork holding yeah. it together like yeah. those are some simple solutions and that's trash from the brewery basically
2: yeah uh-huh. yeah and yeah. it's compostable, right I think yeah yeah
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah that's okay.
3: great if only the compostable stuff actually got into the, the you know
1: compost a, system a, yeah
3: <laughs> uh, i'm
2: yeah.
3: uh, gonna go on a another, i think so thinking about compost that's another one of the questions where we really um kind of a, a personal question that really strikes us is we, we remember hearing um, actually, wasn't read for reading the gar- book bar- garbology. The question story of is... the yeah, the story of the archaeologist who you know digs in landfills. And so the question we asked people was, how long does it take for a head of lettuce to decompose in a landfill? So imagine like not with plastic on it, just a raw head of lettuce in the landfill, and that's and people then,
2: people guess this like they're almost always undershooting. they're like oh two weeks and a lot of people are like well it's such a big mass it's probably going to break down a lot faster than it would in a compost pile so like yeah i don't know maybe a week yeah. that's a typical answer
3: and then we have our you know the, the third answer is 25 years and usually people don't people are kind of like well that's crazy
2: they like fall on the floor when yeah. they an answer no, <laughs> like, people- too yeah the yep. reason i thought that like when i was putting my vegetable peelings or whatever into the trash that like somehow it was going to become dirt i even remember wondering once like i wonder how they separate my carrot peels from like the dirty <laughs> i do how to do that and i was like uh duh they don't but like i didn't i didn't know you know i'm not a garbage expert like i am now and so you haven't thought about that it you know you would think like oh it's going into the ground it's i'm doing a good thing but when you realize with every little vegetable scrap or fruit scrap you're putting in the trash you were saying like please keep this sealed away for my descendants to have to pay to manage for forever because things do not break down in a landfill
1: and i think that's a huge misconception people are like oh you know composting burying landfill same thing they think that and it's not something megan said from the Goodfill in an interview one time she said we're a lot of our stuff, especially when you wrap in a plastic bag, we're we're entombing it forever. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. you know, putting yeah. it in a tomb.
2: Yeah, and even worse, a tomb that leaks methane that has mm-hmm. to be continuously redone. And I mean, in Chattanooga, we've had old landfills that started leaking ma- leaking methane and exploded. You know, and they had they were wow. a public park. It was a softball field, and they had to close it. And it was great, great expense to the city to fix it. And that's trash that was they put there like a hundred years ago. And here now, this is like uh, I'm not gonna guess when this was early 2000s. Maybe that had to be redone. Um, you know, our taxpayer money now, you know, a hundred years later, paying for mm-hmm. their cash yep. And we, you know, we're parents, and we think about like, what kind of world? What do we want our kids' tax pay, pay our money to go to? I want right. education and like a brighter future, not to redoing the landfill. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Now.
3: Are really affecting us right here in chattanooga real fan and like things like um heavy metals in the soil Like that's a huge issue in chattanooga um, we've had of so, like several super fun sites that have been just you know gotten a lot of news coverage lately because like neighborhoods where the in you know, the soil where we would love to go help people grow things in their yards and we can't we cannot because they let the yards the dirt is so contaminated with heavy metals it's like it's just it feels so deeply wrong that a person can't even grow things in their own soil like they it's like you're robbed of that and we have a, so many people have are you know cash poor but land rich in chattanooga we have a lot of big big yards even in neighborhoods that are poor but where, where people cannot grow in their soil because it's contaminated it's like we're not only repaying millions of dollars through our taxes to for the government to try to help clean that up but just the, the lack of opportunity that that represents in our neighborhood is
2: just, it's so discouraging. It's like, so if we can avoid that on the front side, yeah. Yeah, and again, like that is from dirty manufacturing processes a yeah. hundred years ago.
1: Right, and, and stuff where they've just like, they made their profit and then right. pushed all the actual costs onto the world mm-hmm. and have long gone. And they're like, eh, we're washing our hands with that. I, I don't think, so Chattanooga is such a beautiful city and it, it seems, seems, You know, I I haven't spent a ton of time there seems a little progressive, uh, especially with broadband internet citywide and there's some initiatives there. But I I don't know if a lot of people realize uh, at one point was it like late 70s? It was the most polluted city in America. Is that is that?
2: Yeah, we did not live here. We were not alive in the 70s. But (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, yeah, Chattanooga was super polluted and it was um, a bunch of citizens from Chattanooga really binding together a grassroots movement um, to clean it up. you know the story is he couldn't even go outside on some days just because the pollution was so bad, and if you had asthma, you had to move away. And um, whereas, like now, it is a really beautiful city. There's a lot of um, hiking, a lot of climbing. There's a lot of people who move to Chattanooga just to rock climb. Um, and it's a, it is a very beautiful city now. Um, there's still some pollution um, it, around the river and some plastic pollution yeah. that's kind of been coming up recently as being an increasing problem in Chattanooga. Um, but we definitely have a track record of, record of cleaning things up.
1: Now, are those, are those groups that originally did that, are they still active and you guys can tap into that energy or feed into it or anything? Or is that kind of, they did their job and they moved on?
2: You know, a lot of those people are very old now. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was, an
3: effort from the you know, previous, really like previous century, turn of the century that it's, I don't
2: well, know. It seems
3: maybe, like the 70s. Yeah. Or... I mean, yeah, prior, yeah, prior to 2000, but. I don't know, it's, that's, that's something interesting, it's like we, I, I think we sometimes talk to people about that, it's like, okay, our, our city has this very real history of being a disaster zone because of our failed efforts to take care of our waste. And now we're kind of on, you know, we're looking at the future and saying, like, are we going to get to, what, how else are we going to be affected by that moving forward?
2: Yeah, like, and there are a lot of people in Chattanooga that are um, like eco-minded and thinking mm-hmm. like, um, even, Green spaces. We have an entire nonprofit that works in Chattanooga, and they do things like um, meet with people um, to help reduce their energy costs by increasing energy efficiency. And that's kind of some community development, too, for people with fewer resources to not have to spend their money on their electricity and they can spend it on things that are more important. Um, and they have all sorts of initiatives, too. Um, kind of helping the city move forward and um, they have a green light program you can get your business certified through them as a green light business and so there is a lot of movement in chattanooga um, Except last in the last
3: year um the city or not the city but green space is the organization he's talking about has been putting together this like integrated um, plan for kind of like all different sorts of environmental issues and one of the key components of that is zero waste um like a plan for for waste reduction in the city and Trying to target, yeah, really inspired a lot by Nashville's plan. Has been a big, we were really heavily inspired by that. That's super in depth, really, really um, inspiring but
1: all yeah. 400 pages.
2: <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. I would love to say that I read the whole thing, but I skimmed through it. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah me too. Yeah. part
2: of our homework um, for that, 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 working group, but it looks like it's oh, a lot of homework.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. It's a lot to think about. And then to, then to support it and make it happen instead of just going, Oh, here's the label. Here's what we're going to do in the future. You got to make sure we have to all,
0: it's a fight, a constant fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Zero Waste Squad! We're going to take a minute and run an ad for a company that we love. Compost Nashville. Composting doesn't have to be complicated, messy, or even time-consuming. Compost Nashville can set you up with a lidded bucket to store all of your food scraps and compostable materials that gets picked up once a week from your doorstep. It's that easy. By signing up, you're not only diverting 30% of trash that would normally go into the landfill, but you're also getting finished compost to use in your own yard twice a year. Not into gardening? No problem. Compost Nashville lets you donate your finished compost to a local farm or community garden. Last year, your fellow Nashvilleans used this service to divert 730 tons from the landfill. This 1.5 million pounds of compost removed over 1,400 metric tons of greenhouse gas emissions from the air. That's like taking 3,687 cars off the road. Use the code Talk for 50% off your first month when you sign up at compostnashville.org.
3: We're just very far, yeah, very far behind like a city like Nashville. Um, but one, one area where we're, we've we been excited about the last few years is um, like the composting arena. There's a group in Chattanooga called Compost House, which works, um, it's located on an urban farm. There's an urban farm called the Crowd Tree Farms. And they, you know, they really benefit from it because a lot of their compost just is, is used by the farm. But they have a really cool model where it's like, you know, you can, drop it off at a um, some local locations or you can have it picked up from your house on a you know weekly biweekly or monthly basis but then you can also get back buckets of the finished product and take them to your home and use them in your yard so we try to um,
2: there's yeah, I advocate
3: that. for that a lot.
2: There's that, and then there's also ShareWaste. That's a national program where people with compost piles and people who want to compost can find each other. And so we're, you know, we have a, we're on ShareWaste, and so we have probably like five different people that use our compost pile that um, right. just buy and drop off their compost. So um, there's definitely ways to compost in Chattanooga, but no, um, no citywide pickup, which I think any zero waste plan that Chattanooga does would have to include something
1: like that. I think any zero waste plan should, that's the most, the single most effective thing we can all do. And and, And dropping it off somewhere is not, a difficult ask that's not mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like you know too big of an ask to me now asking me to go out in the backyard with a pitchfork with overalls and churning the pile oh yeah,
2: and, yeah. Uh, you can make a turnless pile you can do what <laughs> you need to do i don't know
1: i make so much compost because i cook a lot and we have two big Akitas that we feed as well and there's a lot of food prep that goes through this house and uh you know i i tend to uh I, I don't mind taking it down to drop it off. Keep it in my freezer so it doesn't smell. Drop it off uh, once a week with my glass bottles at the convenience center. And, and I feel pretty good about that. I know where that's going. I don't have to worry mm-hmm. that's going to end up in some foreign country, you know, poisoning yeah. the, the land and the water. It's right, being used right here.
2: Yeah, um, compost is great. I think that's one of our common recommendations for people like, OK, where do I get started? And it's like, start by composting. Like, automatically, your trash is reduced by one third. Um, there, I mean, there's maybe some of the, like, the single-use plastic that you can start to go without. That's also a good place to start. But really, composting is an awesome start spot. I would agree. If you, if you don't want to compost yourself, then get on to share waste and find somebody who's nearby you, or go to you know have a service like Compost House.
1: Or start they? a service, if you live in oh, the yeah. city, <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, well, I feel like we can have our own little compost. If we keep having people sign up, there's a lot of interest. We're having our own little composting operation in our backyard. <laughs> um, nice. in apartments, you can't compost and bringing it we into our more house. Compost. We
4: want
3: everyone.
2: Yeah, we are gardeners. We're urban yeah, gardeners. We and so, or, um, yeah, we like having a the
1: compost. Yeah. Nice. Everybody, yeah,
3: there's continuing to be more and more people in, you know, in the city center of Chattanooga, more and more apartments and high density. And yeah, people are a lot of a lot of like ecologically minded people, but it's like, well, I don't have any room for it. <laughs> I can't compost this, so we got to find somewhere else to put it. It's I've also been really interested in business composting. That's something I like at my um, I know that like so Compost House does do some business um, uh, arrangements, and that's something I started at, at my office. And it's just yeah, it's like a you know high rise apartment building. We had like three floors and that was always just really discouraging for me. I I just I kind of brought a bucket to work and kind of had it in the sink. But and like I tell some people about it. But oh finally,
2: yeah, there like, was a long time he was lugging compost bins from his work from his office to our house back and forth. Yeah. And we only have one car, so you'd have to like share a car, or carpool with people with this pile, this bucket, compost <laughs> to bring back to our house. And so finally he went to his office. And was like, "Look, can we hire a composting service?" And they're like, yeah.
3: it. I like listed. I was like, "Here's all the things I'm doing." And they're like. That's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> and, I, and I think that happens a lot. I, we hear that a lot. Like Maris did that. A lot of us will be the, I do it at the animal shelters. Like you're the only one doing it and you're taking it all on yourself. Everybody gets to feel good about it. They don't really think about the level of work. But then if, if you leave that organization, it's Sorry. all gone. Everyone's like, what do you mean it wasn't a commercial service? Like, people just yeah. take it for granted. And yeah. I think uh, I, it's interesting. We talked today. Maris was telling me a story of her friend that they, they weren't recycling their beer cans at their pool party. And she, you know, just told them about why they should or whatever and kind of called them on a little bit, but, but without being, you know, negative or condescending or anything. And they're like, oh, here, we'll gather them and you can take them. And she's like, that's not really my job. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. It, we're all in this together and mm-hmm. you need to deal with your own <laughs> stuff. And mm-hmm. and I think, uh, you know, it's good that we all can all lead by example, but I do think that at some point we got to say, you need to, you know, you, mm-hmm. you as a company, you as a group of people yeah. need to help me with what I'm doing.
2: Yeah. Which I think is like a great, like why you start with your personal changes and then like when you change the people around you and your sphere of influence starts to change too. Um, so yeah, you feel more, um, like you have the kind of like the guts to ask for what you think is important uh, if you're composting and working really hard at your own home or you're bringing your food scraps home from your lunch you know to be like hey to your company like can we start a composting service like here's the you know let me give you some information to you and kind of just starting like think about where is your sphere of influence yeah and start there you know um not everyone's gonna be a there's a lot of zero waste bloggers that have you know millions of followers and all this stuff and You know, you don't have to be one of those to start taking influence. Just start influencing the people around you.
1: Yeah, that was our when we started this uh, podcast. We're like, oh, we don't really need, you know, it's nice to get the word out. But our original goal was, okay, we'd have 100 people show up at a live event. So if I can keep communicating through the pandemic to those 100 people, I've Mm -hmm. met the goal.
3: Yeah.
1: So we don't have to change the world. I think our actions can inspire people. And it does, it does. There is a ripple effect.
2: Uh, yeah, there is, and also one thing that we've, we've that's we've really has come out from our zero waste journey and learning more is that a lot of those solutions need to be local when it yes. comes to waste. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, so finding like what California is doing or what Vermont is doing might not be super helpful to you know for you living in Tennessee. And so if you're starting a blog or a podcast or you know just even sharing with friends um, the resources that you found locally is helpful.
1: Well, especially here in the South, sometimes there's this whole, we we did an interview with Westmead Elementary, which uh, they they actually were kind of duped by one of the plastic organizations to do a plastic bag recycling thing. There's actually a big uh, story and I think vice about that, about the whole thing, but anyway, we had her on, and, and she said that she used to talk about uh this pro this pilot project in Vermont that they were modeling their school after. And here in the south, everyone's like, Oh, Vermont, and roll their eyes and no, take it seriously. So she moved, she found one in Austin, Texas, and now she says, Oh, we're doing it like the one in Austin. I was like, Oh, cool, <laughs> it's southern and not you know, them northern earth or whatever. So it's funny you're talking about local, it is, it's semantics, and and I think localism is that a word, localism? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it, is <now. laughs> it is now it is important in this uh movement so
2: yeah absolutely mm-hmm. that's part of why we started our blog too it's like okay this is for people in chattanooga and maybe their surrounding area um to learn about what local resources there are here you
3: know yeah need,
2: yeah because it is a lot of work like it's like as what as things ran out that's how we replaced. that's kind of how we um how we timed everything versus like going through and being like, okay, get rid of all the plastic in one day. It was like, okay, well, when the shampoo runs out, we're going to find a replacement for that. Like, okay, when the shaving cream's out, then we'll find a replacement for that or, you know, just kind of one thing at a time. And that kind of helped pace it out over, um, enough time that I wasn't super overwhelmed. Um, but I was like, you know, doing all this time, internet researching and trying to find all these stuff and going places and visiting and asking companies how they package their stuff. And I was like, man, I spent a lot of time on this. I should share it with other people. And so there's a whole section in our blog that's like the local resources guide that has that information.
3: Got
2: yep.
3: Get the word out about the places they're doing it well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We, that's uh, when we first started, before we even made any videos for a group, we were like, because hey, we'd sit around and talk about all this. Like, we should have recorded this. I think that's why podcasting became this kind of natural thing. Cause like, like you, we did all this research. We we're discussing how we go through the day. And hey, other people might be interested in that yeah so one of the things uh other things i wanted to talk to you about because on our previous conversation we talked about the framing just like i think the transition there from framing from southern to northern and and all of that the 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 framing of the conversations about don't do this or do that or how it's presented you had an interesting take on that from a nutritional standpoint right
2: yeah so i'm a nurse practitioner that's what i am professionally and i'm um, specialized in nutrition and so, this information really comes from the nutrition world and nutrition um, research. Um, it it's the idea of remedy messaging versus negative framing. And so, I know you've mentioned a couple of times, like maybe we should just like stop recycling plastic because it's just not working. So here's my, um, I agree with you. Maybe not that we should stop recycling plastic, but maybe that we should stop advertising recycling plastic. And this is why. Okay, so remedy messaging uh, is the idea that you you tell somebody the solution to their negative behavior, um, trying to get them to do that. So the, in the nutrition world, it was a commercial for a hamburger. And that the, the, at the bottom of the commercial was a little, you know, a little line that says, for your health, to eat five fruits and vegetables a day. And so they had some people watch the commercial with that message, and then others just watch the plain commercial. And then they offered the two groups of people either a healthy snack or an unhealthy snack. And guess which group chose the unhealthy snack more? It was the group that had the little line that said for your health, please eat fruits and vegetables. They chose more unhealthy snacks. And the same thing happens with smokers. Like if you have people who are smoking like cigarettes and then they watch an advertisement for like nicotine gum or something that's going to help them quit smoking. And then you ask them like how, you know, how important is it to quit smoking or how likely are they, they actually, it reduces the amount that they want to quit smoking. And the reason wow. is you've just told them that there's a solution so they can do it tomorrow. Like, go ahead, keep up with your bad habit, because don't worry, there's a solution out there. You can just start smoking, you know, chewing nicotine gum next week, or eat that juicy, fatty hamburger, because you can eat an apple later, and it's going to be okay.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> that
2: repeatedly, So if you're telling people, here's your, your negative behavior, but don't worry, there's a solution, what does that sound like? plastic recycling so and actually that has been done there has been research where taking two groups of people in like a party setting setting up like a fake party setting and um, giving them both the same cup but one group you tell them this cup is recyclable put it in the recycling when you're done and the other group you tell them these um, drink cups throw them away when you're done and then they measured how many cups got used and then the recycling group used way more cups than the the people who are told the cups are going in the trash. You know, if they put their cup down, they're more likely to go back and try to look for it versus just taking a new one. Um, so when you' so when we're promoting recycling plastic, um, in many ways, what you're doing is promoting the use of plastic. Ah. So what can we do instead in the um, in the nutrition world you call it negative, I mean really, it's not just nutrition and psychology, negative framing. So if you give somebody a hamburger um, commercial and at the bottom it says, for your health, avoid fatty foods. <laughs> And then, and, you know, and let them wash out. Then they're like, oh yeah, you're right. I should not be eating that hamburger. Um, and then same thing for, um, for recycling. Um, can you imagine, you know, think about all of the times we've heard, we've all seen the symbol, like please recycle on every single plastic thing. Like please recycle, please recycle, please recycle. Imagine if instead of saying that, what if that, that's remedy messaging? What if it was negative framing? And instead it said, please use less plastic. Please use less plastic. Please use less. You know, if that was what you're seeing everywhere, I think that would start to get into people's minds. And um, I think what would probably happen, and this is why I don't think the food and beverage industry would ever go for putting that on their packaging, is that you'd be starting to get frustrated because please use less plastic. Well, like, but my medicine is wrapped in plastic. But you handed me this bag, I didn't ask for it. But my toothbrush, what am I going to use? It's made out of plastic. You know, so um, I think people would start getting mad at the companies and start demanding less plastic. If they As started, we should, which yeah. would be a great thing,
1: because we don't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah, just like companies like companies like Coca-Cola. I mean, they know that that. They, I think they know. Like they have psychologists. They know that this works,
3: so that they go around and they're the ones who are promoting plastic recycling. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're causing people really to feel like, oh, it's okay. I can keep buying another soda bottle because there's a solution. I can put it in the, res- you know this great recycle bin here. There's a solution to this. It's, it's not bad. I can keep doing this as much as I want.
1: But if we're all, if we're all asking for it, which, which is what we should be doing, which you, you know, what a lot of us do is say, Hey, I'm not buying this product and I email manufacturers all the time. Maris makes fun of me. I'll, I'll, I'll make some biscuits out of a can and I'll take a picture of the can and the leftover parts and, and text it or put it on Instagram and tag them and say, does it really need this much? non-recyclable non-compostable materials to wrap my biscuits in or whatever and i think that the not being able to recycle something m- makes you have to deal with it you have to say okay i have to deal with this why did you give this to me then you suddenly be like, like us me at a party someone's handing me a styrofoam plate with even if it's something on it i love i'm like yeah I don't, i'm not touching that i don't want your styrofoam plate i'm not, i have to deal with that afterwards and if we all acted like that it would change the way they'd suddenly manufacturers would have to make things that we would accept and nobody seems to want it, it reminds i sent Jess uh, this week a little cartoon that you guys have probably seen it a comic strip and it has a guy at a podium and he says how many people want change and everyone in the room's hands up this is how many people want to change in the next frame no one's hands up <laughs> <laughs> and i feel like that's how everybody is like we want all this but we don't want to have to be inconvenienced at all or have to ask for it or rock the boat and and I think it comes down to, like, you're talking about sharing your journey and letting people know, okay, yeah, you might think we're a little bit weird or whatever, or, or you may feel weird by asking about this, but you're not alone because there's a lot of us thinking like that. And I think that's the importance of these groups and these kinds of conversations, to let people know you're not, you're not abnormal, you're, you're thinking correctly here.
2: Yeah. And I think also just your own like psychological health to be able to kind to learn that, like, you know, my values are important to me and you shouldn't let somebody else, even if it's a company trample on your values and it's okay that as a person to stand up and say, well, I personally choose not to use this plastic or would like to not use the plastic bag or whatever it is that like, it's okay to stand up for yourself and to stand, In fact, it's good to stand up for yourself and stand up for your values and speak up. Um, and that's been kind of a, a journey for us, for, for me anyway, to be able to learn to stand up and say, "This is no, this is important to me," and so I'm going to do this, even if nobody else is. I'm going to do it because yeah. my values. You know, I'm not going to let somebody else decide for me what my values are.
3: And going to like we talk about like some of our early blog posts about like how to go to how to go to stores and shops zero waste, and just that that's been something that we just get. If we talk to people a lot who are who, like friends. They're. Like, it's intimidating it's so intimidating to go in and be doing something different like if you go in a store that you know maybe they do accept tears but first of all it's uncomfortable because you're not used to it and you don't you, no one else is doing it and just trying to help you say hey like i think sadie's offered a few times like hey i'll go shopping with you like i'll help you i'll help you do this like going and, and modeling it for them beforehand like this is how you do it let me let me walk you through it this is how you do it and it's like okay not only am i not the only one who's crazy but just, okay, I feel like I have the power going into this, so I don't walk in and feel like, ah, this is, this
2: is too much. I can't. Yeah. But sometimes you just have to be brave. You know? Yeah. Like I remember that we, especially um, whenever we're going to potluck, which we haven't been going to many potlucks recently with the pandemic, but beforehand, you know, we always bring our own plate and just use it and everybody else is using the styrofoam plates or whatever. Or if we go to a party, we just like, we bring our own plate in my backpack, have these nice lightweight ones. and. Um, it's like, you know, I just don't feel right while using a styrofoam plate. And so either I'm not going to eat or I'm going to put it on um, my own reusable plate. And the first times it felt really, uh, you feel like everybody's staring at you. I had to, yeah, like very early on, we had to make the decision, like, because we were doing kind of like one thing at a time. We just like, okay, the next thing is like plastic cutlery and um, plates and stuff like that. And then I went on a weekend trip to a women's conference and I was all by myself. And, you know, there's like a hundred, you know, hundreds of women, and there's this, you know, buffet, and of course, it's all styrofoam. So I had to pull out my little reusable plate and use it. And you know, I was like, oh, I felt like everybody was staring at me, and like this is, you know, the end of my social life. But it was, not <laughs> it was fine. Like one person in fact, in fact, it's like a positive. Um, in fact, one woman I was like, "What are you a germaphobe or something?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, I just don't want to use plastic." And she's like, "Oh." It's really smart. Like every time somebody does like give us comments, it's always positive. You know, you feel like when you do something new, like everybody's staring at you and you're so weird. But really, there's probably more people that wish they were like you and doing that, and they just had not thought about it yet.
1: And, and or you inspire people, and and so you you feel uncomfortable. But by just doing that, and and this has happened to me in several instances. Later on, people who I thought were totally dismissive and may have been at the time have made changes like that. And they may not even tell you later, but I, I think if you lead by action, it, it it is a good way to lead by being lead by being a good example. I mean, I think that's a good way to communicate with people, because obviously psychology is way more complicated than we all thought based on the the messaging you're talking about.
2: <laughs> oh, you go to lots of business conferences too, and you'll bring your own cutlery and you'll bring your yeah. own plate.
3: Like going in, yeah, going to like places where there's you know hundred hundred thousand people and you go to this room and they're just so, like, well, you know, you can carry uh you can like, I wrote a post to like zero waste business travel, which was like just kind of going on my experiences. Like, you know, you can bring your own reusable coffee mug to a, to an airport and a lot of airports will let you refill, um, you know, just dump it in front of the other dispensers. They'll give you like that. And the water bottles, most people are familiar with like reusable water bottles, but just to bring your own forks and, and silverware is, man, that's, that's, that's super, super helpful. And, like business conferences they often have like some sort of i don't know buffet or food we put out and if you just have your own get you like a bowl or a plate um like a, you get like a lightweight one then you're somewhere you can often just you're set. yeah you're set that's all you have to do carry that with your,
2: and you bring your own little and, cloth napkin cloth and then, cloth. then after they know you go in the bathroom rinse it off dry it off with your cloth napkin and put it back in your bag
1: yeah and, and we all carry bags we all carry backpacks and laptops and Big phones and headphones and everything else. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I have dropped my purse before, and there's like four forks fall out. And are <laughs> like, "Why are you carrying around forks?" I'm "You know when you might need a fork." So
1: that's true. Well, that's uh, it's awesome. I'm glad you guys are doing that and uh, and aware and helping uh, Chattanooga navigate uh, this journey. Now, you guys are parents, also, right?
2: Yeah, we have a six-year-old and a just-turned-four-year-old daughter.
1: I think <laughs> and, that, I think we should have you guys back on as a, uh, to talk about parent issues, because, uh...
2: Oh, we would love that, yeah. Because think- our, our girls, we have two daughters, and they're just as much a part of this journey as we are. And, um, kind of letting them have their own independence and make their own decisions and just being really proud of them for a lot of the good decisions that they've made. And, um, yeah, it's been yeah. really fun to kind of be with them on this journey we we'll to give them.
3: I would say one thing we have to do, this is a small thing, is like, we have to give them a choice. It's like, hey, if you're somewhere, like at school, and they offer you a treat, and it's like, if it's robbed in plastic or something that you don't think you really want to eat, like, you you can Or take, you want to, but you know you want, shouldn't. Or you mm-hmm. want to, but you know you shouldn't. Like, if you, you have a choice, you can either take it and it's okay. Or, you know, if you come home and tell us about it, we'll give you another treat. You know it's like we always offer like if you choose yeah i'll make you up
2: i'll make you up the treat like whenever you're offered a yeah. treat wrapped in plastic you need to know you're always you always have the option of a non-plastic wrapped treat once you get home just so far they haven't like lied to us and been like somebody
1: offered me a <laughs> candy but, yeah, sometimes
2: they're like hey you know, they're like, hey, you know I, they had this treat and i have it it's like
3: that's okay
1: I was offered six treats today. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, make that some... There's been quite
2: a few times where they're like, well, you know, it was a birthday celebration and then it was, you know, cupcakes wrapped, you know, or something wrapped in plastic. And we decided not to. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been fun watching them on their own little journeys.
1: Well, I appreciate you taking the time today uh, to, to talk and uh, share your story and the pre-conversation that we had. I don't remember. I think, I reach out to you because I, I tend to try to yeah. connect with other groups, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what happened? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I always, yeah, I always want to know what other cities are doing and 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 keep this conversation flowing. With all mm-hmm. of us, so, uh,
2: especially, I mean, we're still in the same state. We're only two hours from each other, so yeah. I feel like change, you know, will happen all together.
1: Yeah, once, uh, once all the travel and gathering uh, restrictions are limited, uh, maybe we could do some sort of joint thing together. That'd be awesome. Some oh, live event. That'd be great. I would love to see the, the trash bag monster in person.
2: Yes.